Hey there, this is Michael Burris. I'm the lead pastor of Summit View Church in Irving, Kentucky, and this is our podcast. I hope this podcast encourages you, I hope it inspires you, and I hope it helps you to start seeing your life from God's perspective. Thanks for joining us today. Now enjoy the message. Hey there, some of you. How is everybody doing tonight? You guys excited to be here? You guys made it on this cold day? Awesome. Well, hey, my name is Michael. I'm the pastor here at Summit View. So excited to see you if you're new with us today. Extra excited to see you in the room. Um, You know, we never really wanted to be a place uh, when we started. We're just a little over a year old now, and we never really wanted to be a place where we just come on Sundays and for an hour and we leave it behind until next week. we rather would be uh, more than that. We want to be a place where, where you don't just come and sing a, uh, some songs and hear a message, but, but somewhere where you can go and, and have what I like to call, um, you can go on a spiritual journey with us. And, and I want to tell you tonight, if you're looking for a church home, or even um, better yet, if you're looking for, for more if you just felt like there's got to be more to, to life, there's got to be more to God, there's got to be more to Christianity, there's got to be more to church than what I'm currently experiencing. If you're looking for that, I just want to invite you guys to come be part of um, the journey that we have here at Summit View. We believe, we believe it's important to create environments where you can come in and you can experience the presence of God that you can experience the presence of God, that the Bible says that where people are gathered in his name, that God is also in the midst of those people. And God's, you know, he's always with us, but, but when we're gathered together like we're doing tonight and like we do every week, there's something special that the, the way that, that God shows up, something that you can just feel it. You, you can have that, that sense that he's here. He's here in the midst of us. And I, I'm just going to say very, very openly tonight that for tonight's experience, I hope that you experience that through maybe a, a song or some laughter or in the message at, or in the candlelight lighting moment. I hope that you experience that today, that even for just a moment, you just sense the presence of God and you have that feeling that he's here. He's here right here in the middle of us. And I want that for you because I've been doing ministry for um, over a decade now. And, and I've seen some people go through some really difficult things in my time doing it. Um, you know, times are getting increasingly more difficult. And people are experiencing more and more darkness in their lives. And more than ever, there, there's things going around the world that just, that just highlight this darkness and give people more reason to be discouraged in life. But when you're experiencing that darkness in your life or and you're you're hurting or you're discouraged and you have that moment, that one little moment where you experience the presence of God, I think that's where we can find hope in the middle of every bit of darkness and we can find hope in the middle of every bit of uncertainty. And when I was thinking about this uh, tonight, I was thinking about this message, and I wasn't thinking that the world was going to be shut down in Esto County, but here we are. Um, but, but what I did was I really decided that, that I would like 
this to be what Christmas is all about for us this year. The, the light of Christmas that is in the middle of all of the darkness. You might hear me say this a few times tonight, but, but isn't it amazing what just a little bit of light can do in the darkness, maybe in the darkness of your life, but, but just a little bit of light makes such a big impact. All my parents in the room, I'm sure you can really identify with this, um, how just a little just a little tiny uh, nightlight, right? Just, just one little tiny nightlight turned on and every monster in that room loses every bit of power that they had. Just a little tiny nightlight holds all that control. In fact, I, I heard a story one time. There was this kid that was, he was sleeping in um, a new bedroom in a new house for the very first time and it was dark outside and and so he, he went to sleep in his new room, and, and bef- but before, or he was trying to go to sleep in his new room, and before that uh, he laid his head down, he made the mistake of, of looking in the corner of the room. And, and there in the corner of the room was just this creepy silhouette of the biggest, scariest monster that you've ever faced, that you've ever encountered, just like really creepy looking. And every now and, the, and then the kid, he'd scoot back, he'd be scooted back in his bed and he'd, he'd look over in that corner. And then every now and then, then the, the arms of that monster in the corner would start moving, just woo you know. And he would look over there and now... Uh, this kid was, was a church-going kid, so, of course, you know, he started rebuking this monster. He started praying in the name of Jesus, I command you to leave this house right now in the arms. He'd, start, he'd be praying. These arms would go to wave, and whoo, he's just fighting back, and, and the kid would start praying again, God, help me cast this demon out of my house, and, and this went on all through the night. And so in the morning, this kid is tired. He's tried to cast this devil out of his room for hours now, and his eyes are bloodshot. His voice is scratchy. And then finally, just a little bit of light peeks through the curtains, and this kid finally gets his eyes on this monster. And right there in the corner of the room was a coat rack, and there's a shirt hanging on the coat rack. And what would happen was every now and then, that air would kick on and it'd start to blow these arms around and just, and this kid, and he just was, isn't it amazing though what just a little bit of light can do? What just shining a little bit of light on something, what it can do to the situation. You know, I was, while I was preparing this message, um, what I like to really do for for many messages is once I have the theme of what I'm wanting to talk about, I'll, I'll try to go to every single place in the Bible where that theme is mentioned and read about it and see what it has to say. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out on a limb here, okay? I'm going to be very bold and say that, that this theme is, is probably the major theme of the Bible, that, that the theme of darkness and light is, is the major theme of the Bible. Like there's a, there's a lot of content surrounding the theme of darkness and light. And, you're, and so much, in fact, that I just decided um, for your guys' sake that I was going to extend today's experience just another hour. Okay, just one more hour that you guys... No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do that. You guys can get home to your families. Um, but, but there's so much content about dark, darkness and, and light that honestly we could do a whole series on a six-week series and, and still not touch everything that's in the Bible about darkness and light. So 
you know, when I was in, in Bible school, they'll, they'll tell you that when you're, when you're studying the Bible, there are some rules that you have to study it with. I think there was 10 of them um, that, that you should study your Bible with, and some people call them laws, some people call them rules, but, but one of those rules is called the rule of first mention. The rule of first mention, or the law of first mention. And it states that if you want the purest teaching of a topic or an idea in the Bible, you go to the first place that it was mentioned in Scripture, and it's going to give you the purest teaching of that topic or of that, that theme. So, so going by this law of first mention, if that's true, um, let's go this, uh, this evening to the very first words of the entire Bible. Very first words of the entire Bible, Genesis chapter 1, starting in verse 1, going through verse 3. You can follow along on the screens beside me if you want. And it says this, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering above the waters. Listen, God was first motivated to create mankind and to form the earth and to do all of these things. He was first motivated by the darkness, by the darkness that was on the face of the earth. And, and, and then the very first words that God spoke, the very first words um, that, that God spoke in the Bible, he said, let there be light. Let there be light. And there was light. And, and then, um, you know, this is, this is, this is really important. Some, some people might, might say, you know, I, well, yeah, there's, there was, yeah, that's when God maybe made the sun or the stars. But I'll tell you, even further into the chapter, you'll see that the sun was made apart from the light that God spoke. He said, let there be light. And there was light, but it didn't come from the sun and it didn't come from the stars. That the light came from himself. And in John chapter 12, verse 46, Jesus said this. He said, I have come as a light. To shine in this dark world so that all who put their trust in me will no longer remain in the dark. Jesus said that, that he is the light. When God said, let there be light, the light radiated from the presence of Jesus. And, he, and Jesus said in John chapter 12... That the only reason that we're here tonight, the only reason that we're celebrating Christmas, how we're celebrating it, is because he was motivated by the darkness that he saw on the earth. He didn't just come as, as a baby in a manger. He didn't just come to give us a holiday to celebrate. He came to bring a little bit of light into our darkness. That's why he came. The very reason that we celebrate, you know, the very reason that we celebrate Christmas when we do, because I'm going to break some, I'm gonna, you may not know this, Jesus was not born on December 25th, okay? I'm just going to let everybody know. Um, most scholars say he was not born in winter, because um, those shepherds would not be camping out in weather like this, you know what I mean? So Jesus probably, he was not born in, in, in December, on December 25th, but we choose this day to celebrate. His, his birth, and we choose it because this is the darkest 
season of the year. If you track it back to why people chose this date for Christmas, you'll find that they chose this time because this is the darkest season of the year, the winter solstice. In fact, just a few days ago, December 21st is actually the darkest day of the year. It's got the longest night and the shortest day of any other day throughout the year. And it's there to remind us what Christmas is all about. About when Jesus saw the darkness in our lives and he wanted to come just bring a little bit of light to it. I want to show you a, a part of the Christmas story as I was reading that, that honestly recently, I'm a little embarrassed it just hadn't clicked that this was part of the Christmas story. I'd been reading, I've been reading the Bible for years and years, and, and this never clicked to me. It never showed up to me as part of the Christmas story. See, you have, you have four Gospels in your Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in your New Testament. And these are four different writings about the life of Jesus from separate authors, from separate accounts. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So, And Matthew and Luke... They both share a, a detailed version about the birth of Jesus. Matthew and Luke, you can, find, you can find the Christmas story really laid out for you in both of those places. And, and both Mark and John, in their writings, in those Gospels, you'll find that they start with Jesus as really as an adult. Well, that's, that's what I thought. But actually, John starts before that when he's writing in John chapter 1, starting in verse 1, John writes, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. See, Jesus didn't just, didn't just come on Christmas. He existed well before that, well before humanity began. Jesus was already in existence. And here, John is starting to share his version of the Christmas story. In this next verse, he said, In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. I say all that to say this. This is why Jesus came. No matter who you are, myself included, we all just have a, a little bit of darkness in our lives, right? We got a, we got a, a little bit, some, some varying degree of it, of course, right? But, but in, you know, in fact, I, I'm going to be transparent. I've not been sleeping very well lately. I've not, the past few months has, has, has probably been some of the hardest months of my life. It's been one of the darkest times that I've ever been um, pushing through. It's been a little darker than normally, and, and I just haven't been feeling myself. And, and, but, but I found this, that, that I noticed that, it got, that, that every time that it got darker, and I, I, tried, to handle, um, I tried to handle it on my own. Every time I tried to handle it on my own without God, it just got a little bit darker. But every time that I invited God into the process, every time that I invited him in, I got, I got hope and I found life in the middle of it. You know, there's many types of, of darkness in our lives, We've, we, in our marriage, in our families, in our emotions. That's a, that's a rough one right now. There's a lot of people that have darkness in their emotions and, there, and there's a sadness in your life and you don't understand why and you don't know the root. But... 
Honestly, the worst type of darkness that you can experience is what I call spiritual darkness. Spiritual darkness. And this is the darkness that, that where you do what everybody else does. You sin just like, just like everybody else. But, but the difference is you're still carrying it. And, and that's not what everybody else does. The, this is the, the you know, I, I sin just as much, if not more than, than anyone else in here. But the difference is that I have a, a person that I can go to who forgives me. I've got a, I've got a place that I can take it. I've got, I, I've got a person that not only forgives me, but the Bible says that he cleanses me from it. There's nothing darker than carrying the weight of your own life, the shame and the guilt of it and all the issues. While I was preparing for this message, I, I found a, a verse about dark and light in, an, in a really unexpected place. And, and there's a story in the Bible. A lot of people know it. Even, uh, even people that don't go to church, they, they know this story because there's a phrase that's in it that people um, love to quote. But there's this story in the Bible where these religious leaders bring this woman to Jesus. And this woman had just been caught in the act of adultery. And they tell Jesus, hey, we need to stone her. We need to stone her. We need to throw rocks at her and and kill her. And and what they're doing was they're trying to trick Jesus. They're trying to trap him. Because if he lets her go... Then he's breaking the law because the law says you've, you've got to stone somebody that's in adultery. So if he lets her go, he's breaking the law. But if he stones her, then he's, sent, he's sentencing someone to death and, 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 hey, Jesus, where's your mercy then? And so they think that they have him both ways. They think they've got him where, cornered where he can't get out. And he makes this famous statement that you probably know it. He says, let him who has no sin cast the first stone. And they thought, oh man, got us again. Jesus juked us again. And they walked away one by one. And Jesus looks at this woman and he asks her, hey, where are your accusers? And she says, she looks around, there's, there's no one here to accuse me. And he responds, neither do I. Now go, leave your life of sin. Let me show you a different way to live. And her life was changed forever in that moment on that day. And I've preached that story so many times. And I've been preaching now for like 12 years, about 12 years. And I've preached that message so many times over because it's a beautiful story of the grace of God. It's an incredible story. If you want to read the story for yourself, it's found in John chapter 8, verses 1 through 11. But this is funny. But I never thought to connect verse 12 to the story. Like, I've never thought, I know, you're like, you're preaching. I don't have much faith in you. This is a whole, you're saying you're missing a lot of stuff. I'm growing, okay? But I never thought about reading the 12th verse here. And in the 12th verse, John chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus says, it says, when Jesus spoke again to the people, so he's turned, he turned from this woman, he's turned from this, and he turned around, and when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. 
And Jesus looked at everyone else and he said, see what I did for her. Come on, I I want you to pay attention right now, guys. Right now, hearing this message. Jesus said, see what I did for her. I can do that for you. I can do that for you too. He said, I've got light for your emotions. I've got light for your job. I've got light for your marriage. I've got light for your health. I've got, listen, I've got light for your kids. He's got light for you. He's got light available for you. And you, you say, Michael, you make it sound so easy. Is it really that easy? Sort of. <laughs> if you go back to the very first words of God, I can, I can show you how. And, you know, this is, really, this is really meaningful to me because I found this light. I found this light. I was, I was 15 years old and I was in the darkest place of my life. Some of y'all have heard my story, but I'm going to tell it again. And, and when, I was, when I was 15 years old, I was just about to turn 16. I'd lost my mother to, to suicide when I was 13 years old. And my father had just had a massive heart attack when I was 15, and it would end up taking his life four days later. Two days after my 16th birthday, he would pass on. And, and most people in here might know the story that there's this youth pastor that kept inviting me to church. He kept inviting me to youth group over and over and over for over a year. And I never said yes. I always said no. Don't want to go to your stinking youth group. Please leave me alone. I was an atheist. I didn't want anything to do with church. I didn't want anything to do with Christianity. And, and then that Wednesday after my dad passed away, I went to youth group for the first time. And I ended up giving my life to Jesus there. Brad, you can go ahead and come up if you want. I'm going to try to land this thing a little earlier than I thought. And I went to youth group that Wednesday. You know, I gave my life to Jesus. My whole story was changed from that point on. But, but I want to tell you a part of the story tonight that I've never told before. Because I think this might help somebody that's in here not to make that same mistake that I did. My dad had just passed away on that, that Sunday. I remember it well, and it was either the Monday or the Tuesday after. I think it was the Monday after um, my brother and I were staying with my wrestling coach. He had taken us in, and, uh, and he had asked his pastor to come over to the house um, and to help us, with, to speak to us and kind of help us with the funeral arrangements. And, and his name was, was Philip Harrington. And he came over to the house and he sat down with my brother and myself. And we talked about the memorial service we talked we, we were going to have. And, and we learned some, he, we told him some things about my dad because he didn't, he didn't know my dad. Um, and so at the end, he started, he started talking about, about Jesus, about this guy named Jesus. And he shared the gospel with me. Um, probably for the first time that I'd ever heard it in my life. He shared the gospel with me and, and he said that God could shine a light in my darkness if I'd let him. And he told me, he said, right here in this moment, sitting here on the couch, you have an opportunity to let God in. I was in the darkest 
moment of my life at that right then and and Pastor Philip shared this message with me and you know what I did? Nothing. I didn't do anything. How dumb is that, right? Nothing. Sitting right there in the middle of my darkness knowing that Pastor Philip was telling me the truth and I was either too embarrassed or scared or something and I did nothing. I had the opportunity there to receive this gift from God and I sat there and I resisted it. And that choice had the potential to be the worst choice that I'd ever made in my life. And I have watched people for over 10 years now sit there in the middle of their darkness and go, "Mm, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. And I'm standing here tonight I'm begging you to do the first words that God ever spoke. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 3, God said, let there be light. Let. Let there be light. The key word in that phrase is, you've got to let it. If you want life, you want light in your life, you've got to let it. You know what the, the word let means? I don't usually do this, but... I looked up the word let in the Webster's Dictionary. You're welcome, so you don't have to look it up in the dictionary. I'm doing all the heavy lifting here, okay? Just, I Googled it is all I did. But I looked up the word let in the definition in the Webster's Dictionary. And listen, I got so excited when I read this. I had like personal revival sitting there right in front of the computer screen. and, And you know what the definition of the word let is? To permit to enter to permit to enter. Listen, I want you to look at me right now. Some of you, all you have to do to get out of the darkness that you're in is to permit God to enter, to permit Him to enter in. It really is that easy. Just don't resist. Don't resist. Because here's what I don't want you to do. I don't want you to just Go home and celebrate Christmas. I want you to experience it. Don't just read about the stables. Experience the significance of the birth of Jesus. Well, thanks for joining us today. I pray that this message had an incredible impact on your life. If you want more information about our church, you can check us out online at summitview.online. We hope we get to see you on a Sunday very, very soon. But until then, have a great week.